Welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm Dr. Jane Lovis, your host. During each episode of Leadership Reimagined, we take a look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organizations forward into a new future. And in this episode, we're creating that new future. Today, I'd like to welcome Julie Wall. Julie is the author of the number one best-selling Inner Health, Inner Wealth, How Wellness Heals, Nurtures, and Optimizes Ultra-Successful People, and the founder of Golden, a corporate wellness company. Julie has also been voted one of the top 100 women in healthcare by women we admire. And in addition to being a business leader, she has over 25 years of experience as a clinical social worker, yoga, and meditation. Julie works directly with high-performing leaders in helping themselves and their organization thrive. Julie, it's so great to have you here today. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is, you know, it, health and wellness is not typically what we think of as a leadership topic. Mm -hmm. And it's critical because, you know, the saying, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. I know. I know it well. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you do. Yeah. And I would, you know, Jane, I would beg to sort of consider the idea that particularly right now in this day and age, um, mental and physical health and well-being has really made it on to the radars of, of most great leaders I, I know in a very meaningful way as it relates to them personally and their own um, experience of being resilient and able to lead through such rocky days. And, you know, of course, you know, how to, how to lead others who are likely feeling challenged and, um, and need support when it comes to, to mental and physical health and well-being. Absolutely. That's why I'm so, so thrilled to have you here because it is, we've got, you know, people that at all levels in organizations that are burnt out, worn out, tired. If they've been working from home, they may actually have been sitting even more than when they were sitting in an office. That distinction of you get up and you close everything down and you you change your space. So they're in the same space all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a whole new set of challenges. It's a whole new set of challenges, as you said, for all parts of an organization and, um, you know, and, and for leaders figuring out how to address challenges like that among many, many, many other challenges um, is really hard, particularly if they're struggling within themselves. So how does a leader take care of themselves and then share and show their organization that it's important because that really takes a level of vulnerability and authenticity, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, we know, we know the saying, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first so that you can help others. Um, and, and that is really, sort of where we'll begin, right? This concept of really taking responsibility for your own um, self-work as a leader, whatever that looks like, coming to 
understand your, um, your psychology enough to know where your blind spots are, how you really, where, where, where you get in your own way in terms of, you know, stepping up and leading. So, um, really most of the leaders that, that we work with recognize that they need to, they need to continually grow and evolve as people in order to be able to, to lead other people and to really be able to model that in some way, shape or form, because oftentimes leaders who, you know, think they've got it all figured out and, you know, have a really big, strong ego, which is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. They, they tend to have a lot of blind spots that over time can become real liabilities and their ability to effectively lead. You know, one of the things that my company does, which is called Golden, is we work with leaders and organizations in helping them to figure out how to nurture themselves as people and as and as team members and teammates so that they can continually show up to work as the highest and best version of themselves. What I'll tell you is that this type of programming is not unpopular, as you can imagine right now. It's it's very popular. In fact, it's, it's really become a necessity in most companies to have some support for, for employees around mental and physical health and well-being, um, access to different resources, et cetera. And we find that when leaders bring on these types of programs to check the box, they're oftentimes minimally successful, right? They're really not leading the way when it comes to engaging in this self-work and self-growth and development. Quite the contrary, when we work with organizations where leaders are showing up, and learning and practicing and doing, whether it's learning how to breathe deeply or practice mindfulness or take care of their bodies in in a physical way or learn something new about how to form a new healthy habit in some way, shape or form. When those leaders engage and participate authentically, all of a sudden the whole organization comes alive Mm -hmm. and you create a culture of growth, a culture of care. It's ultimately, in addition to being the right thing to do, has an enormous impact on the success of a business (laughs) or the success of any endeavor because we can lead in a lot of ways. And so when leaders can, can do their own work, when they can show up, engage, and lead the way for their team with vulnerability and authenticity and giving permission, that cultivates resilience. It makes people want to stay in an organization. It makes people want to stick with a leader. It builds those relationships and certainly helps with recruiting and retention, which are huge concerns for companies right now. Sometimes it really just starts with the people at the top recognizing that self-care is important and the self-care of their employees is important and that they want to create an environment where that's celebrated. I really love the way you started all of this with when it's done to just check the box and leaders are not doing it. It's just, it's here. This is not much change. Exactly. Leaders, that's why they're called leaders. They are leading the way. They are modeling 
behavior. Exactly. And if they're not modeling, taking care of yourself. I remember a number of years ago, being at an all hands meeting for a, for a company that I was supporting. The CEO comes in and it's like eight o'clock in the morning because it was an all day thing. And he's in there getting ready and starts talking. And he says, I flew in got in here at 1am, came right to my office and spent the night. I haven't seen my kids for a week. And then about five minutes later, he's talking about how important families are. So what do you think? Which one do you think most people are following? Right. They're, they're, they're most certainly watching his current behavior. And, you know, listen, it's just like, I don't know, you know, I'm a mom. And so I, sometimes I feel like the leader of my family, right? Which I am. And it's no different. You know, you're modeling certain behavior for your children and you expect them to, to do as you do. And, and that's what they'll do. They'll do as you do. And so whatever it is that you're modeling, no matter what you're saying to them, they're going to follow suit. Sometimes that sort of resonates with people because they really understand, oh, wow, you're right. Like that does make an impact. And that's, and we see the exact same thing in organizations. And I, I love that example because it's so common, that type of And that's where a behavior starts at the top Mm -hmm. because it's that modeling, a leader that's modeling, taking care of themselves and not working 15 hours a day. And the, the contradictory truth of it is so often that we have a hard time sometimes getting into our, to our mind is when we take care of ourselves, we don't have to work those kinds of hours because we're actually accomplishing more. And if you really are wa- working that much, there's probably stuff you should be delegating. Exactly. <laughs> there's something sort of dysfunctional about, about the way that you're doing it and certainly less than optimized. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a really important point. And, you know, the other thing that I'll just, I'll mention is that particularly right now, People are struggling from a mental health perspective more than any time in our lifetimes. And the numbers are really astonishing when you look at sort of the rate and the rise in suffering and mental illness and things like depression and anxiety and substance abuse. These are huge liabilities for an organization. If you have a team and 50% of them are struggling in some significant way, we know that their productivity, the quality of their work, their connection with their colleagues, all of that is going to suffer dramatically. It's not rocket science to figure out what what helps to create thriving people that ultimately contribute to and create a thriving organization. And I think that particularly in our in our climate where so many organizations are remote or hybrid, when teams are not sitting around a conference table together on a regular basis or having lunch together on a regular basis, the blind spots for leaders are huge. Really, really, really big. I can't even tell you some of the things that we hear. We go into a lot of organizations and we we deliver educational programming and programming that supports people incorporating movement and meditation and other types of self-care practices, nutrition into their daily lives. But we also deliver a lot of coaching and we hear really interesting stories when we work confidentially with employees one-on-one about the fact that people are opening up a bottle of wine at 
two in the afternoon. And somehow the, the things that are happening <laughs> behind closed doors would be shocking to many leaders of organizations. And this is why it's, I once had a, um, an incredible mentor who said to me, and this goes back many, many years, morale is always worse than you think it is as a leader. Like, Ooh, and yeah. that's a little bit scary, but it's important to remember, like, you know, it's, it's really usually, usually worse than we think it is as leaders. And so therefore, especially during times like this, knowing that that's just kind of a normal baseline that during these sort of challenging times, a level of vigilance around sort of encouraging people to work on themselves and take care of themselves and get the kinds of support that they need is more important than, than ever before, because we don't know what we don't know as leaders. And if we're not really coming out of the gate with that type of mindset and encouraging that, I really think that, that it puts, as I said before, not only is it the right thing to do, it puts businesses at a huge disadvantage. Yeah. And again, in order to be effective at that, leaders have to be able to exemplify. They have to be able to show up in that way themselves. And which is not always easy. Listen, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to practice self-care sometimes. It's hard to take, you know, pay attention to our mental health and well-being when when life is really stressful or finances are challenging or you're having a, a tough day and you'd rather just get under the covers and, and hide. But that's also sort of why being a leader requires such, such courage and such bravery because we were impacting the people, the people that we're leading and being able to face our own challenges and our own obstacles to showing up in the highest and best version of ourselves is, it's just such an important aspect of that leadership role. Absolutely. And that, like you were saying, it impacts the organization. It impacts the success of an organization. What your mentor said about morale is always worse than you think it is. What would happen to a leader, as long as they've got the intention of doing something, if they took really, when they really take that on and say, okay, I'm just going to assume that people are in worse shape than they are. And they're just not saying anything. So we're going to start doing whatever it is we have to do to take care of that and get that fixed and make it safe. And it's not, when we say making it safe, we're not saying, oh, we're all going to get around a conference room and share all our problems. Exactly. That is not what we're saying. <laughs> you know, what I have I share sometimes is when you've dealt with something and you would be willing to put it on the front page of the national news, you know, you've dealt with, it. I'm not saying you have to put it on there, but if you really thought that there was benefit to putting it on the front page, you would be willing to, because it doesn't have a hold on you. You know, that that doesn't define you anymore, but we're not at that point yet most of us with our stuff that's going on. So we're not asking everyone to share it and put it out there. And there need to be some tools and some safe space. Absolutely. And I think that's just it. It's sort of resourcing your team, right? As a leader, resourcing yourself and resourcing your team. So resources, whether that's access to access to support via coaching or access to support 
via time off to deal with a personal issue or creating boundaries on a work day or learning a new skill that's going to help support you. The role of leaders, in my opinion, is to really resource their team in an effective way so their team can deal with their own obstacles, deal with their own challenges, deal with their stuff, so to speak, and mm-hmm. then and then come back and be the best contributor, individual contributor that they that they possibly can. And leaders don't have to solve the problems. And as you said, like we don't have to share all the problems. We just need to resource. It's the same thing to, to liken it to, to sort of a family. We have to resource our children. We have to give them the resources they need to solve their own problems. We can't solve them all. Good parents know know how to resource their children. And it's it's definitely such a powerful, caring characteristic of a great leader. That caring piece is really critical because it to make it safe, people have to know you care. Exactly. Otherwise, they're going to resist. So it's not, as you said, it's not like the leader has to do it if they have to make it available. They have to resource it. Mm-hmm. And they have to make it very clear by their actions that it's okay. Right. It's more than okay. It's the right thing to do for you, your life, and your life as an employee. It's so true. And what great leaders learn when they start to do that is that it pays for itself in tenfold. <laughs> right. Because they develop such loyal employees that that really want to show up and do their best because they feel supported and taken care of. And just the other day, I was talking to a a woman who had lost her job during the pandemic and ended up landing at a company that we partner with. It was really traumatic when she lost her job. She'd been at this company for a long time. It was very scary. She ended up landing in this other organization. And she said, it was such a blessing in disguise because I'm now working in an organization that truly cares and truly supports me. And she's like, I will do anything for this company. I will be here. There's no way I'm ever leaving my job. And I just keep getting better and better day after day. And I'm really, I really feel supported, cared for. And that it's so powerful. It's so incredibly powerful. And and leaders are really facing challenges right now, particularly around retention Mm -hmm. and recruiting. It's kind of, a secret weapon when it comes to that. (laughs) Right. People want to be a contribution. They want to make a difference. They want to create something, however that means for them. When organizations provide that in a place where they can really do that and and they're encouraged and motivated and they have the tools and upgrade to skills, why would they leave? And and the other thing to remember is that Even if the resources that you're providing are supporting people, for example, with challenges in people's personal lives or with their mental health or things like that, which might sort of seem outside of the scope, we all know that if you're severely stressed about something at home, there's no way that you can show up at work and do what you need to do effectively and efficiently. And so I think more and more leaders are coming to realize that they're really employing the whole person, that that we we need to look at people as 
whole people. And that's especially because of how the boundaries have shifted and how people are working all the time and they are working from home and there it's just, there's been some major shifts. I mean, some of these are just universal truths. What's happened in the last few years has really accelerated and exaggerated all of these things that we're talking about. Right. It's so true. I think back at at some different positions and places I've worked where I really felt supported, I would do anything, like you said. And then places where I was not, and I was judged and criticized and questioned about why, it was like, I couldn't leave fast enough. Right. Life's too short. Yeah. (laughs) True. And so when you want, the definition that I use for leadership, which the more I use it, the more I see how even all-encompassing it is is that leadership is the art of motivating a group of individuals to accomplish a goal. I love that. Motivating is such a large word. You motivate by encouraging, not by forcing. So if you encourage people to take care of themselves, they're going to want to help you accomplish your goal. Absolutely. And they're going to be better positioned to help you accomplish that goal. 100%. more to be able to give. It's it's so very true. It's so very true. And I think women are really uniquely poised to embody this in many ways because because of the way that we've already been programmed. <laughs> and so I do find that it's interesting to look at the way kind of different genders as leaders are able to really embrace these ideas and I think that it's been a huge opportunity and it's not that overly gendered issue where I don't mean to make it that, but one of the things that's been so interesting for me is working with some extraordinary leaders, both men and women, and watching sort of the personal growth that happens in stepping up to the plate in this way. And so it's such a, such a beautiful opportunity for leaders to grow and evolve within themselves, which, which is important to continue to do and to stay inspired and excited and to feel like you're continuing to, to learn. Well, and we're either learning or we're going backwards. Exactly. There's no staying because even if your skills stay the same, everybody else is advancing. So if your leadership is staying where it was five years ago, you're behind now because the leaders that are embracing this and not just doing it because it's what we need to do right now, but truly wholly embracing it are going to be in a place five years from now that you won't even be able to imagine. So it's so very true. And so if you're the leader that wants to be in that new place five years from now, your company someplace where it's not right now, because it's either going to be someplace further, or if it's still, if it's stuck where you are right now, it's actually going to be behind. Absolutely. And I will say that our younger generation of team members and employees, quite frankly, won't accept anything less. Right. They're for better or worse. And people have all kinds of opinions. They're really pushing the envelope and culture is super important to them and working for an organization that has the values that they value and stands for what they stand for is, is so it's so important to this next generation of contributors. That's another thing to just keep in mind (laughs) as a leader. Yes. What was right for the Gen Xers, my generation is, is not necessarily what the Gen Z crowd is looking for. Right. And you can say whatever you want about it. It's the reality of the way things are. It's true. It's much easier to look at, okay, how do I embrace it? 
and support it and use it and empower it exactly. for the good of my organization. Exactly. Where can I find, where, how can I use this truth, this reality to really, to grow and evolve? And can I be open-minded enough to see it in that way? Or do I need to be really like dig my heels in about the way I think it should be, which everybody's entitled to their perspective and their opinion and, and that's okay. It's not necessarily optimized in terms of growing a successful business. Exactly. If it's my way or the highway, there's going to be a lot of people taking the highway. Totally. I mean, and we are seeing that's all of that. It's all part of this. Organizations, if we even look over the last 40 to 50 years, there's been cycles of change. And this is a really, we're at another really big cycle of change, you know, because in the fifties, it was like, you got a job and you stayed at that company. You were a company, company man, company wife. And you stayed there until you retired. And then in the 70s, that started changing. And now the odds are if somebody stays with a company for three to five years, they've been there a long time. Absolutely. And there's benefits to all of that. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you want to do the best you can. Absolutely. And there's something to be said for us as leaders to emotionally be able to feel like we left it all out on the field for our, we played hard. We tried, we tried our best. We did everything we possibly could. And, and this is part of that, right? Like addressing these challenges in a compassionate, caring, proactive way is really part of that idea of just having played as hard as we could, because even if the outcome isn't what we want it to, at least we can put our head on the pillow and know I feel good about how I behave. I feel in alignment with my own personal integrity. I did right for others. And Mm -hmm. that at the end of the day is what true leadership is. That's so powerful. I like that analogy. You played as hard as you can. We're seeing this even in actual sports is the rules are changing. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at, okay, what, what are the rules and what are the norms and how am I going to play full out inside of all of total? Julie, our time is just about up. This was really fun, Jane. I loved chatting with you about this topic. It's obviously a passion of mine. Would love to be a resource to leaders who are trying to figure out how to really step up and and do what they need to do. And we partner with great organizations, my company, and I work with a lot of leaders directly in, in figuring out how to find this expression authentically in themselves. And yeah, it's just been such a joy to chat about it with you. And uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Oh, you are so welcome. So how can how can they get hold of you? How can somebody get hold of you? Well, you can check out our website, which is called heyitsgolden.com. H-E-Y-I-T-S-G-O-L-D-E-N.com. Um, you can look me up on LinkedIn. Please connect with me on LinkedIn, Julie Wald. You know, let's let's connect and and chat about what might be supportive to you or your organization. Thank you for that, Julie. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagined. I encourage you to take something that you heard today and apply it in your business. The key to progress is action and sharing. I'd love to hear what you accomplish. Email me at jlovis at lovisconsulting.com and let me know. Speaking of applying it in your business, 
If you're struggling or looking to expand your leadership skills, let's talk. You can go to lovisconsulting.com. That's L-O-V as in Victor, A-S, consulting.com, and schedule a quick call with me. We need powerful, strong, compassionate leaders to solve the challenges we are facing today. Please subscribe on your favorite platform and share with your friends and family. Thank you for supporting us as we cause and expand 1 million women leaders in tech by 2030. Have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you next week.